Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. Hi, everyone. I don't know if you noticed last week, but on Thursday, uh, there was a, a particular day called the Great British Columbian Shakeout, which was a day to help us uh, be prepared and be readied for, for a possible earthquake. And being new to the West Coast, I didn't realize till I, I read the, the information that we have about 2,500 earthquakes a year, which is kind of scary, although I've never felt one. I guess they happen, and, and thankfully, they're, they're pretty insignificant. But there's apparently a one in three chance that, that we will have a major event in our lifetime. So that is kind of scary. Anyway, they have a three-word reminder or, or to help prepare us for what to do. And it's really, it, it's just drop, cover, and hold on. So those three things. So we drop to the ground, we find cover, and then we hold on. I guess we hold on till, till the shaking stops. And, and Ephesians is a bit like that. There's uh, many have used the outline of sit, walk, stand as an outline for Ephesians, a, a good way of remembering uh, Watchman Nee has a little booklet uh, called Sit, Walk, Stand. And uh, if, you, if you may have noticed, as we've been looking at Ephesians, that the first few chapters were very much sit, rest, and relax in all that Jesus has done for us, all that we have in him. And that was probably the first two, even to, to, into the third chapter. And then in the, in the middle chapters of, of Ephesians, up towards the end, was, was to do with conduct, how we walk. So what does it look like as, as believers in Jesus, as followers of Jesus, to to, to walk this Christian life, to live with one another, and, and, and a lot of instruction. Well, we come to, to chapter six now, or ha- halfway through chapter six, and it's very much stand. It's very much, you know, stand firm. And in the first four verses that we'll read in a moment, we, we find stand four times, you know, stand firm, stand your ground, stand, so you'll be able to stand. It's very much a, a theme of the end, stand against the devil's schemes. And, and Paul uses as, as he often does, uh, something that people would be familiar with as a, as a metaphor, as an illustration, and that being the Roman soldier. Um, if, if you remember, he's in, in prison in Rome, house arrest, probably sees Roman soldiers quite often, so he would see their armor. And then he's writing to, to Ephesus, who were probably 300 years into Roman rule. So being in Asia Minor, they'd been conquered by the Romans, and it's said that, that Ephesus was, was important, only second to, to Rome in, in size and importance. So there would have been a lot of Roman soldiers. It would be very familiar to those who were reading Paul's letter, what a Roman soldier looked like. And Paul takes this. He takes the, 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 this, this picture of a Roman soldier with his helmet, his shield, his breastplate, his, his spear or, or, or sword, um, and, and the shoes. And he uses it wonderfully to, to illustrate for us uh, what, it like, what it looks like for us to be equipped and ready for, for this, this battle that, that is inevitable. So let me read these verses and, and then we'll pick out, we're going we're gonna to actually look at the imperatives. So the, the commands, and there's five of them. So we're going to take the five commands and then we're going to look at a consequence at the end. So here we go. Let's read from verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your, ground, take your stand. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we'll take these five imperatives, and then we'll look at a consequence at the end. So the first one we find is, is to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And, and I love this, the, the fact that there's, there's definitely emphasis on who we're strong in. It's not about strengthening ourselves. You know, you could easily read that. And, you know, I, I don't think Paul's saying, you know, you need to be strong. You need to pull your socks up and do the best you can. But actually he's saying being strong in the Lord, be strong in him. And I think of, I think of, uh, of, of Joshua in the Old Testament. He led the Israelites from the desert in, into Canaan, into the promised land. And uh, there's some familiar verses or f- verses you may be familiar with where, where Joshua is told by the Lord. He's told three times in his commissioning. He's told, you know, be, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because I am with you. And that's the secret, isn't it? That's, that's how we can be strong is because we know the Lord is with us. And, and Joshua had to learn that over and over again. He, he'd already learned it in the desert or was, was learning it in the desert. Remember when... Uh, he's leading the, the Israelites fighting against the Amalekites and, and Moses is there with, with a staff held high and whenever the staff was held high, high, the battle was being won. Joshua was leading them to victory. Whenever it was lowered, they were losing. And, uh, and, it, and it says at the end of that, after, after the Amalekites were defeated, Moses said, tell, tell Joshua, tell Joshua all that happened. In other words, make sure Joshua doesn't realize that it's because of his might or his military prowess that, that we've won, but it's because of the Lord. So Joshua learned those lessons early. He was reminded of them in his commissioning. And then right before they went into the promised land, before they attacked Jericho, he met the army of, or the leader of the army of the Lord and, and fell on the ground, recognized that, that, that the battle was not his, that it was the Lord's. Um, you can read that in, in Joshua uh, chapter one, maybe through five. Um, so first, first imperative here, be strong in the Lord and his mighty strength. So a great reminder for us that that our strength is, is not our own might, but it's in the Lord, that he's on our side and he lives within us. Secondly, put on, or it's actually mentioned twice, there's two imperatives here, put on or take up the full armor of God. So here's this picture that, that Paul has then of the, of the Roman soldier and, and putting on this, this whole full armor. And I like the fact that it says full armor. You can imagine a, a soldier going out to battle and ah, today I'm only gonna take the helmet. You know, it wouldn't do much good, would it, if, if, if the attack was to, to the body or the legs? You know, or today I'm just going to take my belt. I don't need a helmet or a shield or anything else. No, it says take up the, the full armor of God. I also like the fact that it's, it's available. It's, it's within reach. So it's right there. So it's something that we can take up. But it also needs to be taken up, doesn't it? You know, the, the, I guess the fact is that we can neglect our armor. I kind of think of like, like PPE, you know, personal protective equipment. I don't know if you've ever done a task, maybe cut something where really you should be wearing eye protection or ear protection. You kind of squint or do your best. And I think we have all these resources. We have all of this in Christ. And how often do we, do we neglect to, to pick up all the things that we have in the Lord? Maybe, maybe squinting in, in some other sense. I think it's also, you know, by taking up the full armor of God is a, is a sign of dependence. There's a, there's a, it's, it's, a, it's an indication of our, our need and our inability to be able to to protect or do things for ourselves. We, we need to take it up. And I think of particularly of Jehoshaphat in, in 2 Chronicles 20, 
I don't know if you remember the account, but they're, they're, the, the Israelites are, are surrounded. Jerusalem surrounded by the Moabites and the Amorites, and, and it all looks, looks lost. You know, they're running out of food. It's, it's just a, a really terrible situation. And, and uh, Jeho- Jehoshaphat prays to the Lord. He says, you know, Lord, we're, we're surrounded. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. In other words, he, he put on the full armor of God. He recognized his inability and, and, and lent on the Lord. His eyes were on the Lord. I, I'm very much a do-it-myself type of guy, you know, and I, I, it's, it's often when I'm brought to my knees that, that I finally come to the Lord. But wouldn't it be great if, we, if we're a bit, like, a bit like the great British Canadian shake-off, we're ready, you know, we're, we're armed already for what's going to come. And that's what Paul says, you know, your, your battle isn't against flesh and blood. In other words, it's not against each other or, or other people, believers or non-believers, but actually it's a spiritual battle and, uh, and we need to be ready. So, so be strong put on or take up the full armor of God. And then we have this next one, stand firm then, stand firm, uh, this next command. And I used to coach a lot of soccer and did a lot of coaching courses with the FA. And one of the things that was important was to, to teach the people you're coaching uh, to have the right stance. Um, particularly when you're doing drills, the, you know, if you're doing a passing drill with kids, for instance, it's really easy for them just to stand there and just pass. But actually, you want them to have the right stance, a, a readied stance. So you'd encourage them to, to have slightly bent knees, maybe one foot just in front of the other. And that, that, that stance of being ready, I'm, I'm ready for what's going to come. And I think that's what Paul's saying here is, is stand firm. You know, brace yourself, be ready. Imagine if we're just, just standing, it's easy to push somebody over. But, but if we're ready for action, if we recognize that, that, that you know, there is going to be attack, because that, that's what it says, isn't it? That when the, when that, that day of evil comes. So it's gonna come and, and probably many times and, and has come. So it could come at any moment, the, the arrows of the, of the enemy, his lies and so on. So stand firm. And, and under that, under the, the title of stand firm, we find um, four uh, participles, which really tell us how to stand firm. And the first one is with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And you think of, you think of truth and that, the opposite of that is lies, isn't it? And uh, and, and that's what, what um, John refers to in the Gospel of John. He talks about, you know, or, G- or Jesus actually, he recites the word of Jesus where, you know, Satan, the father of lies. And we read many times about, about Satan being, being a liar. Whereas Jesus says in John 14, um, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And don't we live in a world that is desperate for truth? You know, we, we have such a, uh, many ways of, of communicating and a lot of stuff is being thrown at us you know, through social media, through TV, through radio, whatever, all sorts of means. What is the truth? You know, aren't we in a world that's desperate for truth? And I think that, that you know, John 14, 6, I'm the way, Jesus says, the truth and the life. Direction, truth, and actually the only life worth living on the planet is knowing Jesus. So, so those three things. So we need the, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness in place. And you think of the, the, the soldier with his, with his armor, uh, covering his vital organs, his heart, and so on. And, and we need his righteousness. It's not our righteousness. It's not the good things we do, but we need the righteousness of Jesus to protect our hearts and our minds. So we need to be clothed with his righteousness. We need ready feet. So it's with, with shoes fitted, it says. Um, uh, and and I, I, I think of, of feet that are ready to share the gospel. You know, when we, we know what Jesus has done for us, we should be ready to share with others. So, so feet fitted and ready. So do we head out in the morning with, with, with an expectedness of, of a possibility to share? Are we ready? Are we equipped? Do we have the shoes on ready to share the gospel, the gospel of peace? 
and then um, and then lastly the shield of faith. Um, the, and, and if you look at the Roman soldier, I think I've, hopefully there's a picture you're going to see. But look at the size of that shield. And isn't it great that that you can actually get right behind the shield? You could totally cover yourself behind that shield. It's not just a, a little round shield that you hold there and, and you're trying to move around. You can actually get right behind it and be protected. And it's and Paul refers to it as the, the shield of faith. And and the, the flaming arrows of the enemy with doubt and, and so on saying, you're not good enough. We can say, yes, I am because Jesus is my righteousness. And we can get behind that shield and be totally protected from, from, from everywhere with, with that shield. So how do we stand firm? With the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet fitted that are ready with, with the shoes of the gospel and the shield of faith. And then, and then fourthly, the fourth imperative is take up the helmet of salvation. And, and I kind of love that as well, that we, we protect you know, our, our minds, we protect, we, we, we're protected from head injuries. And how often do, does, does fake news or false news regarding you know, our identity in him um, affect our minds and our hearts? We need to have that helmet of of truth, that helmet of, of salvation. And, uh, and the Roman helmet, w- w- they would be different for different regiments and it would definitely identify who they are. You would know a Roman soldier by his helmet. And they often had a little knob on the top that, 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 a, um, that a, a flower or a feather or something could be put in or some sort of emblem could be put in. And isn't it important that we wear that helmet of salvation, that, that he is our, our identity. The enemy wants to, to cast all sorts of doubt about our identity and our self-identity, but actually our identity is him. We need to wear that helmet of, of salvation. Think of like a, maybe like a football player, American football player with, you know, with the Denver Broncos or whatever emblem on the side. You know, our, the helmet of salvation, we know who we belong to. We identify with him. He is our identity. He is the one we, we serve. Um, I think it also represents you know, perhaps a surrendered mind, that, that we surrender to, to him, that, that we, or we surrender our minds to him, we put on his helmet. So take up the helmet of salvation, and then the last imperative here is take, take up the sword of the spirit. And this is really, if you think about it, this is, this is in some ways the only offensive uh, part of the, of the armory. Everything else is defensive, is to protect from around us. Whereas, whereas the sword of the spirit is that of, of offense, of being offensive. And, and maybe you, you think to, to certain verses that you can recite at certain times, maybe when you're scared or when you're in doubt, and, and that's great. Uh, and it's a great comfort, isn't it, to have his word. But I think also it's, it's, it's great to know his word and, and to know why we believe what we believe. So I think we need to know it well. We need to take up the, the sword of the spirit. We need to know his word well and, and understand that actually, you know, you think of, like Ephesians 2 that we, we read a couple of weeks ago or, or looked at a couple of weeks ago, that, that we are now alive in Christ. We were dead, now we're alive. We've, we've been raised up with him. We're now seated with him in the heavenly realms. So we need, to, we need to know why we believe what we believe. We've been saved by grace, not by works, so that no one can boast. So when the enemy says, you know, you're not good enough because you're not doing enough good things, you can say, well, well praise God. <laughs> I, I'm saved by grace, not by works. So take up the sword of the spirit. And there's, there's so many verses in the Bible, isn't there? Romans 8 verse 1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So the enemy says, you know, you're going to be condemned because of your conduct. Actually, there's no condemnation because of what Jesus did. Uh, Lamentations 3.22, because of the Lord's great love for me, I'm not consumed. 
So whenever those doubt of nobody loves me, you know, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, because of the Lord's great love for me, I'm not consumed. His mercies are anew every day. Great is his faithfulness. So five imperatives. Be strong, take up the full armor of God, stand firm, take up the helmet of salvation, and, and take up the sword of the Spirit. So what's the consequence of that? I think the consequence of that is, is effective prayer. And if we read those, those verses again at the end of, of the armor of God, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So pray in the Spirit. And that, that may be a difficult phrase to understand, but really I, I looked at that and the, the, the translation is really with the help of or the leading of the Spirit. So as we're connected, as we have the full armor, we'll have effective prayer because we're being led by the Spirit. He's going to guide our prayer. And I think Paul gives a great example of it as, as we read on because he says, pray, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So it, it would be continuous because we're ready. We're, we're ready and we're fitted for what's going to come. Uh, with prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. So we'll be prompted by the Spirit to pray for each other. But look at, look at Paul's example here. You know, if I was Paul in prison in Rome, I would be, at the end of this letter, I'd say, yeah, pre please pray that I'll be released. Please, please, please pray uh, for my comfort and that I'll have more food and so on. But what does he say? Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. So isn't that interesting? That I think I think Paul was being led by the Spirit in those prayers and those requests, you know, not for his own comfort. And how often do I pray for my own comfort or somebody else's comfort or for success? But actually, he, he, Paul says, you know, pray that I'll have words, that I'll have words to be able to share the gospel. So I just think that's a, um, a great way to finish uh, this, this book of Ephesians. So let me pray and then uh, I wish you a good day. Lord, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you have saved us uh, because you love us um, and, and because of your grace and mercy. Father, thank you for these words as well that we've looked at today. And I pray that we would be ready, that we'll be ready for, for what today has for us, what tomorrow has for us, that we'll be intentional, that uh, we'll, we'll take up the equipment that is, is available to us because you are with us and you have given us all we need. In your name, amen. Have a great day.